You are listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Welcome back to the show, my friend. We're incredibly happy that you're here. Today's episode is going to blow your mind, so don't you dare go anywhere. We had the pleasure of chatting today with Tyler Kemp. Tyler is the founder of RollSocial.co and LeadRoll.co. He works with small businesses, influencers, and sales and service professionals to help you cut through the noise and own the attention of your market. He's helped hundreds of sales professionals and businesses scale their marketing using the principles found in a strategy he's called the FIRE formula. That is frequency, intimacy, relevancy, and efficiency. Now, Tyler is a marketing and social media genius, and today we chatted with him all about how to cut through the noise and create relevance and speak directly to your ideal client, specifically on social media. If you're trying to grow your business and personally hate social media, this episode is for you. Or if you love social media but are consistently feeling like you're shouting into the void and no one's listening, following you, or booking or purchasing what you have to offer, Ooh, Tyler is going to blow your mind. We talked with him about, honestly, so much. We talked with him about creating authority content, how to be relevant on social media, ways to create intimacy with your audience so they actually feel like they know you and trust you enough to buy from you. Ooh, it's just so much good stuff. Honestly, I'm going to stop talking so we can get to the show. You ready for this firebomb of an episode? All right, let's do this. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Tyler, welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you here today. Man, it is such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Oh my gosh, of course. We were like chatting before we started recording and it was just getting so good. I feel like today's episode, yeah, today's episode is going to be good. So to start off for our audience who may not know you, tell us just your story and a little bit about yourself. I'd love to. Yeah. So, uh, my story, man, I, I guess I, it, I've been in demand generation marketing for about a decade, maybe just over a decade now. Um, it's sort of interesting. I came from a, a very depressed neighborhood, but somehow, I mean, school really was not my my jam. Uh, the, the way that everything worked, like I, I feel like I was sort of wired to be an entrepreneur and I didn't even realize it growing up. Um, and... I was so fortunate to have a couple people really believe in me that invested in me and mentored me early on so that I could take some steps in the right direction. And uh, it all started with, with starting a business with my dad in uh, Colorado. He just had this small little business. Uh, I mean, very much felt like a mom and pop shop kind of thing. And, and it gave me a chance to kind of learn the ropes of entrepreneurship and figure out, um, I would say more than anything, what didn't actually work. Yeah. I, I mean, frankly, I 
listened to all these you know, gurus and I was so into like, man, let's learn all this internet marketing stuff was blowing my mind. And then to come to the table and find out, oh my gosh, like I totally bought into this thing that didn't produce results. It, it rocked my world. And so I dedicated, um, I mean, I, 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 I had to figure out what was going to move the needle and what was not going to move the needle and ended up transitioning into the mortgage space. And uh, by that time, I had really solidified kind of some processes that were working. Um, and I was able to work with a very successful loan officer. Um, he was was just crushing it. Uh, and together, we were able to do he and I about $120 million in loan volume a year. Um, we grew, we were growing 20% year over year, uh, in production uh, by implementing some really cool business practices, some very systematic type of growth. Um, of course, digital marketing, social media marketing, just different ways of, of capturing attention. Uh, from there, um, I started helping people at, uh, at the regional level. So I was working with maybe 20 top producers training their teams. And I was brought on to the marketing advisory board of a $16 billion company to help uh, sort of cast this big vision for helping, honestly, helping sm uh, small producers become big producers. That kind of became my thing. How do I help um, small salespeople become uh, bigger salespeople, and how do I help uh, larger producers become like monstrous producers? And kind of got into this corporate bureaucracy, stepped back um, into startup space, was ready to, to kind of dial things back and help the startup get from about 60 grand a month in recurring revenue to 200 grand a month in eight months, which was awesome. Wow. Uh, as, as really their only marketing support at all. I was kind of overseeing the national expansion, but it was a wonderful product. Um, and then after that, it was time to time to jump back in and be belly to belly with people once again and, and uh, apply all of these, these things that I've been doing to my own businesses. So I launched um, Lead Role, and then we launched Role Social after that, probably about six months later. And um, yeah, just set out on a mission to solve the entrepreneur's problems, basically figure out what are they not doing that they need to be doing and make it cheap and, and easy to, to do the right things. Wow. Oh okay. God. Well, you are a rock star. I am so stoked to just start slamming you with questions. Um, <laughs> I'm really excited. Let's chat marketing. But before um, we actually started recording, you we were talking, you have a really unique approach to building companies. So my question first, before we dive into like social media is what are the top four building blocks for a functional business that go kind of beyond the hustle? Yes. Yes. So we were one of these, uh, I think there's like this paradigm shift that most of us go through as, as entrepreneurs where we say, do I have a business or do I have a hustle? Um, I would say almost all of us start out as a hustle where it's like, okay, I'm going to try to sell some things. And then, but once we start doing that, we realize like there's all this other stuff that's involved. And, um, 
what I've come up with is a small framework, and it's actually based off of uh, other amazing entrepreneurs out there like Sam Ovens and uh, a couple other people that really influenced this. But uh, what I, the four building blocks for strong company, what is an actual company and not just a hustle, is that you need a lead generation machine, a lead conversion machine, a service delivery machine, and a repeat and referral business machine. I'll just break them down real quick. So most of us, we generate leads in the flesh. And that means if I want a deal to come through, I'm making phone calls, I'm going to meetings, I'm maybe I'm networking if I'm, if I'm a small business, maybe I'm trying to um, like literally meet people face-to-face, which is hard in our current economy, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to generate these leads in the flesh. And then when it comes time to convert them, I've got leads in the pipeline, but I need to bring them down. I'm making all these these calls, but they're not converting. I'm meeting with people. I'm not getting enough deals. So I've got to physically and manually go try to squeeze out a deal from these leads. Uh, And then when it comes time for the sale, I finally made the sale. And so I have to deliver what I promised. So I'm... Typically, small businesses are are doing this work in the flesh. They're delivering their service in the flesh, meaning now that I've made a sale, it's going to take even more of my time to deliver on that. So I'm starting to wear this other hat. And then finally, after I've done all this work, I've delivered my service, I just expect that people are going to give me referrals because I did a great job. But then it doesn't actually happen that way, right? So many customers go by and they never refer you and... I would say 90% of small businesses I talk to consider themselves referral-based businesses. So in order to really lock down process, these four things need to exist. You have to have a way to bring in new relationships automatically in ways that don't take your time. That's where social media starts to really come in as a conversational point. Why do I need this? Well, because social media can be a way to generate leads where I didn't have to talk to somebody. And then to convert them, how do I build a lead conversion machine to say, once someone is in my ecosystem, how do I get them to push the buy button and give me their credit card and actually get to that point of sale um, to do it automatically and say, okay, I'm going to nurture this. So I'm going to need to create nurturing processes instead of just phone call, phone call, phone call, phone call or delegation. And then service delivery machine, how, you know, just coming up with a way, how can I take my service delivery or take myself out of the process, if at all possible, and build an ecosystem around delegated labor and not me as my business. I call it the hit by the bus test. If I hit by a bus today, will my business still continue? And then a a repeat and referral business machine simply means come up with a way and a method to continually stay top of mind with somebody and a process by which everyone goes through so that you can generate more referrals instead of just relying on luck and chance and and hoping you're going to get a referral. So I wanted to at least point that out. So if we had any listeners today who are wondering, why do I need social media in the first place? What is the big picture here? The big picture is you need to come up with scalable systems that can remove yourself from the picture because the more work that relies on you 
remembering what to do today, probably the less likely it's going to actually happen because nor, more often than not, we are the biggest bottlenecks in our company. We have a great idea. We have a great service. We have great intentions, but we just don't have enough stamina to make it all happen. Uh, or we don't even know what we need to do sometimes. So hopefully our, our conversation today will answer some of this question. Social media fits in because it can generate more leads. It can help convert leads through better nurturing, building more trust. It can help uh, also, of course, the repeat and referral business side as well by just uh, remaining top of mind. So these are just some elements of a successful company that I think are necessary. And that's that's the, the preface now to, if we're diving into, let's make social media work for me, uh, this preface hopefully is, is helpful. In fact, I'll even ask, like, was that helpful at all? Or is there anything I can elaborate on? So oh my out. gosh, that's so like, good. <laughs> I want to jam on so many things that you just talked about, yeah. but like, we also have a billion more questions for you. Oh, wow. I'm like, you just nailed down, I think a lot of people... Like a lot of our audience is creative entrepreneurs and mainly photographers, just because that's where we started. And I think a lot of them picked up a camera. They were like, I really like this as an art form. I want to start making money with it. And they start at this business from that point, which was just like, oh, I want to make money with a creative hobby. Right. But you just nailed down. I think what's so key about like hardcore business of like, hey, why are you doing this? Why are you building a social media? Okay, so you started an Instagram for your photography. Why? Like you just broke it up that I think. in a way that I think so many people need to hear because they don't know why they're doing what they're doing. And I think you laid the framework of being like, hey, here's what we're doing. You actually need leads. You need to generate leads automatically. You need to nurture them, build trust, like you said. And then I think what is really important also that you said was, especially in this economy, trying to figure out how you can deliver without actually, like if you got hit by a bus, how could you still deliver? Well, if you're a photographer or if you're a maker, like a like a artist um, that's selling something on Etsy, you have to physically make the product or you have to physically show up and shoot the wedding. Well, right now it's a little hard to do that. And I think <laughs> it's really important and smart to start thinking about different ways that we can creatively I said that word wrong or I didn't say (laughs) I go creatively uh, (laughs) that we can creatively like do the service and, and, but automate it, like maybe creating online courses or creating an online product or something like that. And I just think you just broke it down really, really well to the whole, like behind the mission of like, why are you doing this? And you know, what's crazy is it, it doesn't, it might seem overwhelming. Like, Oh man, like I have to automate things or I have to, do things or get things done, but I'm not the one doing them. How does that even work? But really it starts, it it all starts with one thing at a time, right? Mm -hmm. Businesses are, I I remember asking my mentor once, right? He was a extremely wise person. And, And in fact, this guy just oozed with wisdom. And I was a young man, I was like 19 years old. And I was like, how on earth am could I ever get to where this guy is? And he was like 30. Like, how on earth could I ever be as wise as this guy? And I asked him, I'm like, how do I get to where you are? And he said, dude, you don't become a tree overnight. Mm. You don't become a tree overnight. Like, and that's the same principle with business. A business does not become a tree overnight necessarily, right? It, it, you have to 
water this little seed mm -hmm. and like watch it grow and start building one thing at a time. And, and, and my simple philosophy for this is focus on what you love and what you're great at and delegate the rest. Yeah. Like some people really stink at sales and <laughs> um, that can, that's something that can be delegated. Mm -hmm. Some people really stink on at, at the back end that can be delegated. Right. Yeah. Or even if you love it, sometimes you'll find if you become a true expert in a subject, you can raise people up to your level and let them do some of the labor that you love and thereby replicate yourself. It's almost like discipleship in business. And, um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're able to invest in people's lives in a really unique way uh, in that too. So um, it, it's a one step-by-step -step process. Now, I think for most, it probably needs to start with lead generating, right? Figure out a way to get more deals in, convert more deals without grinding your face on the pavement. And that's hopefully <laughs> what we can give some clarity on today. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. Freaking preach it. I'm loving this episode. I've refrained myself from like clapping so many times. <laughs> so <laughs> let's go ahead, Tyler, and talk about social media. So specifically when it comes to kind of the foundation and everything that you were just talking about and just social media in general, I guess, what are some of the main reasons you think businesses are failing in terms of digital and social media marketing? Man, that's a, it's honestly a tough question because there's, there's so many answers to this question. There's so yeah. many answers to like, okay, what could go wrong? Like what, <laughs> what is not working? I, I think that the first, the first thing is this elephant in the room that I just have to say, and it's that most business owners hate social media. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of small businesses, a lot of um, legacy businesses, we're talking like lenders, real estate, insurance. Um, it's so easy to hate social media because it's like new. It's, it's strange. It's this ecosystem of people that we don't understand and, and things are changing. It's changing the way that sales are done and the relationships are built. And so we don't want to mess with it or touch it. Um, and so half of the time I felt like, you know, back in the day, if we were talking um, maybe a few years ago, maybe 10 years ago, there might've been this sentiment that social media was kind of a trend. Like, okay, social media is a trend. Let's ignore it. Be, and not have to, so that maybe if I ignore it, it'll go away before I have to figure it out. But we're sort of, <laughs> we're sort of past that point now. Just a to little. Where, to, to where it's like, okay, this is not going anywhere. And in fact, now I'm behind the curve and I don't know how to do this and I need to. And it's almost a fundamental part of business now because it is where deals are being done. So you got to figure out a way to make it work. So, so first reason, well, probably because they're avoiding it. But if I were to get back to, why isn't it working when you're actually trying to do it? So you you believe in the value of, of being on social. You're, you're investing there. You've tried it, and it isn't working for you. Well, I'd say that it probably comes down to four critical things that I've sort of identified by working with these top producers, by working with incredible uh, salespeople, but even with uh, not-so-incredible salespeople. Um <laughs> And it comes down, I'd say the first problem is that it's a, it's a problem with being, well, being frequent, with being, uh, not being 
there enough, right? We, mm-hmm. we start social media, we maybe tinker, okay, I'm going to throw a post up there. Uh, and I've only posted once in three weeks. And I'm wondering why I didn't get any sales. Um, <laughs> well, it, it takes more than that. Like you have to invest. It's kind of like, uh, again, planting, planting seeds is a, is a good way to put it. Like you really have to sow, like, like toil and get your field ready and work at it before you start to see fruit. I think, um, you know, this problem with marketing also is that we, uh, we're in this place where we say, okay, I want to lead now. I want to pick a fruit. And, uh, so we say, okay, well, plant a seed. Well, you're not going to get any seed, any fruit from a seed. You have to work it and grow it and build it so that it finally grows into a tree and produces fruit. Same analogy here. And business owners are not wanting to do that work. They're just like, give me the fruit, give me the fruit. So they're just buying leads. Um, But being there frequently is probably one of the the biggest problems. They're not there. The other problem is that they're not intimate, that they're they're relying on these uh, corporate posts or it's just kind of trash social media posts. It's like literally an RSS feed. It's just, (laughs) you've got frequency. You're posting every single update every hour on the hour. um, And you're wondering why that's not making any sales. Well, it's because it's not intimate. It's Mm -hmm. not human. It's like we've left, we've left the fundamental principles of sales, which is that people buy from those they know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. We all know it. We sleep with it. We like have it in our brain. We quote it like we know something about marketing. But <laughs> like in reality, it's like it doesn't, we're not doing it in practice in our marketing. And so that's something we can talk about. And of course, the next big problem is relevancy. What they're putting out there is not something that people want to hear. They just mm. don't care. It's not relevant. It's, you know, they're either trying to talk to everybody. And so they're not relevant to anyone. Or they're, uh, they're focusing so much on their service that they miss the bigger picture about where the mindset of their buyer really is, mm-hmm. right? They're trying to sell and treat social media like this ad platform where I can just put out, you know, tell people, I'm a realtor, I'm a realtor, I'm a realtor, as if that is what people care about. <laughs> but it's not. People care. They're in it for number one, man. They're in it for themselves. They're there to be fed what they're looking for. And they don't care about you until they care. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or until they know that you care. And then the last thing is, I'll just say this and leave it, uh, give you guys the floor. I'm rambling. But um, <laughs> the last thing is really the mistake is trying to do this all yourself because there's almost too much work that needs to be done in marketing today than can be done alone. Mm -hmm. Meaning that we're in 2020 right now. And in order to have like effective marketing strategy that's cohesive and everything fits together, you talk to someone, I mean, we're now getting into, you got to have your landing page and you got to have this optimized kind of presence and you've got to have your, your ads or you need to have all this, this magical stuff. And we're into funnels now and everyone loves funnels. So we need to, <laughs> you know, have this like first thing first and then the second thing and the third thing and all this complexity to your, to your system to get somebody to the end of the line. And by the way, I'm, I'm all for 
the complexity, I think it's awesome because it works. Um, but to an average business owner, it's like mind blown. Like what, where the heck do I start? Yeah. So you have to be able to delegate and duplicate the success of other people like, like you guys even, and to, to listen to what you have experienced so that they don't have to make the same mistakes um, that you've already made. So Oof, does that make sense? That's so good. <laughs> Tyler, you're spitting fire. Mm. <laughs> First uh, social media question, mic drop. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> fire is a good way to put that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that wasn't even intended. Okay, so you call that your fire formula, right? Well, so in response to these problems, in response to these problems, um, the fire formula was developed, and that's our trademark marketing methodology. Fire. Mm stands for frequency, intimacy, relevancy, and efficiency. It's kind of the answer to some of these problems, right? Being frequent to the right degree so that you're there on the right platforms in the right way, in the right cadence. And intimate, meaning that you're human and authentic and present and, and building real-life connection and community. And then uh, to be relevant means to be tailoring your message to the mindset of your of your listener so that you're always speaking in a way that people were, will resonate with you. And then uh, efficiency is, is, again, part of this delegation uh, element. And how do I be efficient with getting this done mm-hmm. so that it actually gets done instead of becoming tomorrow's project that literally doesn't happen for years? Meanwhile, you're losing out on sales. Yeah. Well, and I love I love that you created this because it's so often I think people, like you said at the beginning, they show up and they post one time and they're like, why am I not getting sales? Or they hear, oh, okay, I need to be intimate. So they share like a story about their dog because it's relatable, but then that's only one piece of the puzzle. So they're like, why am I not getting sales? And then like they're sharing what they do and their service or their product, but then they're like, why am I not getting sales? And I think it's really cool how you've developed this fire formula because it's it's all of them working in tandem together. Um, and I think that's really important. Um, mm-hmm. I would love for my next question to kind of hone in on the intimacy with the eye of the fire, I guess you will. Um, because I think there's a disconnect today where most businesses are like, especially on social media, they're focusing so much on sounding quote unquote professional because it's and because that's like what we're supposed to do, right? We're businesses. And I think because of it, we're completely missing the mark on creating that intimacy with our audience. So all of our content, right, that is being put out, it sounds stale or stiff or kind of like corporate because it's falling on deaf ears because it's it's not intimate, right? And so what would be your take on this? And do you have any advice on creating relevant, engaging content online? Yes. I think that's one of the, the, the hardest things to get right. Um, and honestly, like, it's not even, it's not easy even for, for me to do this. Like it's not, uh, an, an easy thing to be intimate and authentic and human in a social media environment only because there's all of these input sources where we're like, we're worried about our status or, right? Oh my gosh, if I put this out here, what are people going to think? What if these people find out that I was laid off from that job? What if these people find out that I'm not perfect <laughs> and that I've got these problems? They'll never want to buy from me if they truly know me. Mm. And in reality, it's the opposite. Yeah. Like all of this fear says, I mean, it's like this inner voice inside of our mind that says, 
do not know me. Please don't know me because I hate myself. So many people, that is their internal narrative. I don't like myself. And so I don't want to be known online. I just want them to know this picture of me that I'm going to put out that in order to be successful, I just need to be fake AF. I need to be as fake. The faker I can be, the more successful I'll be on social media because they'll think I'm an influencer and I'll be, I'm pretty now. But that's not true. That's not true at all. It doesn't work. Fake sucks and it, it kills your soul. And, and I think a lot of people starting out, you're like, man, well, what if I really don't have any experience or what if I really haven't done this stuff? I mean, you're not an influencer when you first start, like everyone started with one like follower Mm -hmm. and you know, you have to build. But the fact of the matter is no, like the more people can know you, the better off your sales are going to be. Um, and the better off your business is going to be. So how do you delegate authenticity? Because again, we're going to come back to this rub constantly, which is more work that needs to be done than can be done alone. I think one of the hardest parts of authenticity is delegating it. Because even when I, I'm okay with myself and I can go into a post and I can write how I'm actually feeling today, or I can write a story about what I'm going through or what I went through to like, here's something where I thought my business was going to crumble. And I thought that things were like that the world was coming down on me or I was depressed. And I thought that literally all my clients hated me. Like there's all these stories that people can have. And, and if you share that, it might seem weird, but it actually is in a very powerful way to build relationships and it's scalable. So to delegate that, um, I, I really think that there needs to be a good relationship with whoever you're, you're working with. And I also think there needs to be a lot of direction, a lot of clarity on what someone thinks. Um, uh, and I'd love to dive into the nuances of, of how to all do that, but it's, it's harder than That'd be a whole rabbit trail, but I, 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 I guess I'll, I'll kind of leave it at this. It's, it's really important to do. It is possible to do. Um, and there's always a balance too. Like you're, you're never going to get the level of authenticity that is like ideally perfect when you do delegate because no one else is you. Mm-hmm. No one else will say things the exact way you said them. Um, and sometimes it's better to just be there than to to fight for perfection because perfection is literally the enemy of, of creative work. So, you know, there is no perfect with social. It's all like closer and farther from preference. But I, I would say priority one for someone is if you're not actually invested in like getting your voice heard and getting your, your message out there, you got to just start somewhere. And then next step is how do I re- refine that message? And um, I guess the last part of your question was, do I have advice on creating relevant content online? And my, my one key takeaway point uh, on this, and we can even dive further into this, would be the relevancy component uh, is really the answer to that. It's, it's how do I be relevant? It's, how do, it's by focusing on the level of trust you've built with somebody um, and how do I talk to them where they're at? Mm-hmm. How do I, if they don't trust me at all, I need to speak to somebody a little differently than with my best buddy who 
I can talk to and, and just say, hey, you need to do this, man, and they'll do it. But someone who doesn't know me from Adam, they need to understand their own pain and their own problem first and then lead them to the sale, not with the sale. Mm. Does that all make sense? Oh, mm. yes. Freaking yes. Well, I, I want to hear you kind of, Tyler, almost talk a little bit about – because I feel like what you're saying essentially is – like something that I talk to so many of our students about that you need to focus on if you are going to share like something personal or intimate or authentic or, you know, relevant, any of those like principles, you have to approach that almost from their perspective of what are their needs? What are their pain points? What are they struggling with right now? You can share a personal story but how is that going to impact or encourage or educate your audience? How is that going to solve their problems? Because you can come to social media trying to be, you know, intimate or trying to be authentic. But if you make it all about you, no one's really going to care or stick around. Whereas if you are speaking to them where they are, you're hitting like striking the chord and it's, it's resonating with them and then they're going to want to stick around. Would you like agree with that mindset shift of this isn't about you, this is about serving your audience? And that I think really helps people unlock that ability to share when they take the spotlight off of them and put it onto their people. Oh my gosh, completely. <laughs> I <Yeah>. completely agree. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, I mean, that is mission critical to success. Like I, mm -hmm. I run one of my agencies, like I mentioned is leadroll.co where we do this sort of LinkedIn fractional sales work for people where we handle some of the, um, outbound connecting and messaging and following up with people on LinkedIn to, to drive sales. And one of the first things that we do or that we recommend is we go back to their profile and we go to that little about section and we find out that like, oddly enough, I mean, we've, I've done entire podcasts on just talking about LinkedIn and, and how do you optimize for sales. So we won't go too far down that, that trail. But one of the things you need to do is make your profile about your, your listener, not about mm -hmm. you. Like tailor your profile around the pain and the problem that they're experiencing that you can help them solve even in your, your bio and your about area. And, mm -hmm. and it just is like this weird shift. Like, like how do I talk about the world? I mean, it really does come down to understanding someone else's world better than they understand it themselves mm -hmm. and knowing what kind of hurdles and roadblocks and frustrations and pains, and most importantly, false beliefs that they have that I can identify. And I can say, look, if you think this, actually, here's why that might not be true, right? I mean, and, and Jesus himself was the best at this, man. He's <laughs> yes. like, you heard it said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, <laughs> yeah. and now he's got this reframe. And that's that was his whole kind of thing. He's like the pro at this. He's like, common belief, reframe, new perspective. That yeah, is yeah. a critical uh way to, to succeed and be relevant is to, to kind of identify these things um, and help people understand the level of their of their pain better and put the finger on oh that's that's why that hurts that hurts mm -hmm, because yeah. it's it, it, whatever that thing I need it, I don't have it mm -hmm. 
I love that you just related marketing to the Bible. That's perfect. Um, (laughs) But I think that's so true. A lot of times on social media, especially I find on on bios, like you said, on LinkedIn or on Instagram or even Facebook, I think we we think – I always relate it almost to like a dating profile. Like people are trying to be like, hi, this is who I am. This is where I've worked before. Or that I like rainbows or, okay, maybe not that fluffy, but maybe. Um, And everyone, I think we're forgetting that if somebody hops on your profile for the first time, like what reason are you giving them for them to follow you? They're not going to follow you if you just are like, hi, I'm an Enneagram 4 and I love Harry Potter. I don't care, right? <laughs> like, we need to think from their perspective. So I love that you broke that down. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that like we kind of have this influencer thing sort of twisted. Like I feel like we think that the person with the prettiest photos wins. The person who we can – I mean there, there, there's a couple reasons someone will follow you. One is that they want to live vicariously through you. And so mm-hmm. – You've, that's where you've got this, oh man, I've got this sweet car, I've got this nice body, I've got this really cool whatever, and, and you want to be me. And that's one reason people will follow you. And, and another reason is is that you, man, this person gives and gives and gives, and they are literally helping me so much that I just am like learning more from them for free than from all these courses that I've paid for that I just, I want to give them money because of how much they help me. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a whole nother way to be an influencer. It's a whole different kind of paradigm where I, it's not about my car anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not about my life. It's about your life now yeah. and how I can serve you. And that's a, a shift in business as an entrepreneur. Like it's a delicate line we have to walk between being like super blind to the world we have to have a little bit of crazy in us to go out and work for yourself you gotta gotta like believe you can do it like i can go and fight a giant no problem man like all right jericho walls man whatever dude i got my trumpet i'm good like you gotta you gotta feel good and be a little psycho but on the other hand like you also have to be real about how challenging things really are and yeah uh, yeah so Oh, freaking mic drop. I'm just, I want to clap so bad half the time you're talking and I have to remember not to interrupt you, but also like, well done. (laughs) We got to have a little cheer button, (laughs) click thumbs up on whatever. I know. I love it. Okay. Somebody say something. Give an amen. (laughs) Can we hear an amen from the congregation? (laughs) Somebody on the podcast say yes and give us a like and subscribe. I love Uh, it. Does Instagram scare the heck out of you? Feeling like you're always struggling to save time on the good old gram while also creating flawless branded professional content for it? We feel you. We have made a special little something just for you. We created a PDF with our top five apps we use in conjunction with Instagram to create smooth, professional content while saving us time and energy. This is a list compiled after years of using Instagram and searching for all the secret pro tools to make our jobs easier. If you've ever wondered, how the heck did she do this? Or how did she make that? It's probably answered by one of these apps. There are little secret sauce to spicing up your Instagram. We use these apps daily and they've absolutely changed the game for us. So if you're ready to uplevel your Instagram and create pro content with just a few clicks, we got you. Head on over to www.theheartuniversity.com apps and let's uplevel that Instagame. That's A-P-P-S, y'all. 
Hey, Heart Fam, we had to interrupt this episode real quick to share with you something that's revolutionized our workflow. Everyone always asks Evie and I what the number one investment is that we've made in our businesses. Without a doubt, the best investment we've ever made to get our life and time back is HoneyBook, a client relations management software. We both use HoneyBook every single day and legit could not live without it. It's an all-in-one project management tool that's designed specifically for creative entrepreneurs. I honestly don't know what I would do without HoneyBook. It streamlines everything. Email conversations, client workflow, contracts, invoicing, calendar integration. HoneyBook literally coordinates everything for my business. They thought of everything that a creative entrepreneur could need and combined it all in one place. From templates, brand customization, an app so that you can send invoices while you're on the go, all the way to the little ka-ching sound your phone makes every time you get paid, aka my favorite part, (laughs) HoneyBook gives you the ability to streamline an excellent client experience from your fingertips so you no longer have to spend 24-7 working in your business and you can finally get back to living your life instead. Guys, we know you're going to love HoneyBook just as much as we do. In addition to a free seven-day trial, we have an exclusive offer just for our podcast listeners. 50% off your first year of HoneyBook. Guys, that's a $200 value. All you have to do is go to share.honeybook.com slash heart and claim your discount. That's share.honeybook.com slash heart. Or you can check out the link in our show notes. Okay, well, it sounds like this, like literally everything that you're just saying goes straight into the next question that I have. I would love to hear just kind of, we've kind of covered it, but your top three tips to standing out amongst all the noise that's going on in the world where there are a million and one people competing for the same attention. Like how Mm. do you stand out? Yeah. Well, I I can answer this a little bit differently than what we've already shared, because there are some, some key ways to stand out. Um, And it, but it also starts with this. I think that your, your question is built upon a really important principle. Um, and this is like our tagline throughout every business I own pretty much, which is own attention, own the market. Okay. So if you can focus your time and your effort on building an audience and owning somebody's attention, that's how you can own the market. And now there's, we know this works because gigantic companies like Coca-Cola were built on this principle where all these billboards back in the day and these commercials and all these ways, they didn't focus on trying to tell you like why the chemicals in their soda was better than Pepsi. They were just present and they were like evocative and they, you know, you just hear that like whatever. Okay. That's a horrible can open sound. (laughs) click and drink and ah, you know, it's all this like stuff, but like branding is how they build their Mm -hmm. empires own attention on the market. So that is a, is a principle to build off of here. So all these building blocks, but one of the first ways to stand out, I think is to outcare your competition. Um, and I, I feel like this is something that I'm kind of even learning right now, um, in my journey is that the more, that I can care about my clients, the more that I can outserve and um, really provide an amazing customer experience and focus on like going just above and beyond. I mean, and 
what's hard is I am in a low ticket business, right? We charge like as low as $99 a month up to, you know, $500 a month for our, our highest package to help people with their social media. It's not very expensive. We're not making a lot of money on what we do. Um, and so, you know, we're, we have to always be strategic, like, man, how do we, how do we get, um, from here to there and, 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 and help more people, but do it in a way where we're, like get volume and show lots of uh, high touch attention. And I, I just keep coming back to this, like, okay, to stand out, we need to give more than everybody else. We just have to give, 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 give. Mm -hmm. And we need to be authentic and we need to genuinely care. And that's why it goes back to the first principle I mentioned in my life that I was discovering that I, my kind of mission here is help little guys become big guys and big guys become bigger. And so that's number one. And I would say number two is follow the attention. Like if your attention is, if your market is on Instagram, you really need to be investing there. Mm -hmm. If your market is on LinkedIn, you really need to be investing there. Um, do I need to be everywhere in, in every channel? I think the answer to that is no, you really don't. Um, I think, it's really good to eventually ascend to kind of omni-channel marketing and be, you know, whether they're on Facebook or not, you're there. Like if they're on LinkedIn, you're there. If they're on Twitter, you're there. There's certainly an element to that that's really important, but it really doesn't have to start there. So mm -hmm. follow the attention, be there, and in that way, you're really optimizing your your time as well. And I think the one of the last things I would say to this particular point is um, if you want to stand out and break through the noise apart from uh, the relevancy stuff, which I think we can dive into a little bit more, I really think that it's important and critical to demonstrate authority before you ever ask for the sale. Mm. So be someone who can show tangibly, I know what I'm doing. Like if someone has watched our video training that we give away for free on um, our method and how everything works and, and the thought we've put into creating social posts. Um, very rarely will I have somebody question and be like, Hey, can you show me like five references for, you know, like who you've worked with? Because by that point, like we built that level of trust. Like we've shown them first, look, this is how it can work and why it can work and exactly what you need to do. And, and because we, we understand it so well and so clearly, it, it, it becomes um, really easy to work with people. Mm -hmm. And um, so cut through the noise. And I think, you know, uh, if we dig into the flyer formula a little bit, that ought to help answer this question, too, on how to stand out among the noise. Well, that actually leads so perfectly into the next question that I had, which was about creating authority content online, which you kind of just touched on, but I would love to hear you expand on that. What exactly does authority content mean and what's your best advice on creating authority content? Mm. Yeah. So authority content, it's, it's, it's how you become, um, I'll say a, a person of status without somebody actually knowing you right firsthand, like shaking their hand. Because if you can find a way to attract new people who you did not have to meet face-to-face -face, um, and start building trust with them remotely, you're, you're in a really, really good place, especially for a small business. So I think that one of the critical components here of 
becoming an authority is to realize that you're not going to be relevant to everybody and Mm -hmm. focus on being the big fish in the small pond, right? We've, we've, heard that analogy i'm sure a million times where you've got you can have the option of being uh a small fish and or or normal sized fish in a ocean but there's always bigger fish all over the place um but there's a lot of fish like i can go after all these fish here because i'm in the ocean but yeah you're it's all there's also bigger fish and and you're in a red ocean because there's all these sharks or (laughs) you can be in a, a small pond and say like i am the champion in this very small group of people so I, what people often forget um, is that there, we all live in our own little bubbles and we see our news feed, but the person next to me doesn't have the same feed. It's different. So if I can show up over and over and over on your feed, it literally does not matter if I'm on your neighbor's feed that much because you're going to think – that I'm a big deal um, because I'm like crushing your attention with value over and over and over and over again on your feed and, and drawing you in. And so what this new way has, has created the social media um, movement has, has allowed is from what I'll call a micro influencer. Mm-hmm. If you're a small business, like you're a, a small photography shop, or I'm going to bring it back to a, a real estate, or you're just a, a lender in a, you're in a very commoditized space, and yet you're, you're trying to, to stand out, focus on building a small group of people, right? And this can be literally 2,000 people. It can be smaller than that. It can be 500. It can be larger. It can be 30,000, 50,000. It doesn't – I mean – it doesn't have to be huge. It can literally even be just a couple hundred people that you focus on owning their newsfeed over and over and over and over again with constant value. And that's, and it's value, 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 but also sales pitch, right? It's that jab, 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 right hook that Gary V will talk about. So it's not just, you know, always giving, like certainly you ask for the sale, but um, I would say that's one of the, the, best pieces of advice I can, I can, uh, give is don't worry if you don't have a large network, worry if you're being invisible and mm-hmm. that you're not being present because that's where people are looking for you to influence and impact their life. That's where the attention is. It's not on billboards. It's on our phones yeah. and you've got to be there. You've got to be there frequently and you got to be real and independent and you got to be relevant. Uh, and that's how you become a micro-influencer without spending lots of cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think what I hear you saying also is in order to bring that authority is really we always teach niche down, like develop your target ideal client and really speak directly to them. And when you speak to one person, your niche market, you have authority because you're serving them and you're, you're speaking right to them. It's kind of the same thing as the whole big fish in a small pond situation. Um, like when we were building our photography businesses, we didn't shoot every single thing under the sun. And in that framework, I would say like, oh, that's like kind of being a small fish in the ocean versus like, hey, we both knew that we wanted to go into elopement photography. That was one very, very, very specific type of photography. And we wanted to serve that market. And I think that that's kind of what I'm hearing you say also, which is something that we preach all the time, which is just niche down who you're speaking to and then 
serve them with content, which is just kind of like, it doesn't matter if you have 50,000 people or 500, as long as you're giving and serving them with relevant, valuable information and content that they want to consume. I think that's the key. Yep, exactly. And in, in regards to niching down, I do, I do believe that it's extremely powerful to niche because you, you have this option to say, all right, I'm going to be a sniper or I'm going to be a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really tough to to do business if you're not a sniper. I think, like as a business decision, we like I, I've sort of decided, like, okay, I think I can take on this larger market and sort of niche through like landing pages and stuff like that. And you still end up having to niche down, but it's so much harder to do, and it takes so much more work than to start out by a niche. I mean, even Amazon did not start as Amazon. It started mm-hmm. as a bookseller. They were selling books, and that was all they sold. Mm-hmm. And then they became the everything store after that. Yeah. Um, and I would say you can niche on your market or you can niche on your solution, right? So like sometimes you say, all right, I'm going to be very specific about my market and I'm going to only target uh, restaurants, okay? Local restaurants in this area. And not only that, only Chinese food restaurants. And you know you can get really specific, um, but you can also niche on your product and say, mm-hmm. all right, I'm only going to do this one small piece of the puzzle. And this one thing I'm going to do so well that anyone looking for that thing is going to want to work with me um, as long as I can help you know these people. So I, I'm not always the believer that it absolutely has to be a, a niche audience where it, it must be such a small segment that you miss out. Like today's marketing, you can reach... You, know, you can be you can help a lot of people sometimes, um, but you have to have your own unique special thing. Like you definitely have to have something that that's that makes you different than everyone else. And that's kind of a, another philosophy: is that different is better than better, right? Being different is better than being better than everyone else. You just mm-hmm. got to carve out that space. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And the, you can literally, you do not have to put in work to be different, you literally just have to be yourself because every single person is different and brings something different to their story, their backgrounds, their worldviews, their, their skills, their, you know, whatever, like you naturally are a different person. So just capitalize on that. Like you don't have to create this, you know, online avatar of yourself, like literally just be yourself and own who you are. And you are going to stand out because everyone is completely different and carries something different that they can offer the world. So freaking love that. Mm, <laughs> um, yeah. Tyler, I would love you. You mentioned a couple times that you want to touch on relevancy a little bit more. So talk to us a little bit more about that and how can you cultivate and create that in your online content? Mm. Yes. So relevancy in your content is it's tricky because you've got, let's just say your network is like 4,000 people. Um, there's a lot of people, they're going to be in a lot of different buying mindsets, but the key for any digital marketing is to tailor your message based on the level of trust you have built. So to, to do this right, I think it goes beyond social media. It really, I think that if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, all right, how, how do I do all this? What am I working towards? Like, 
uh, if I'm thinking about an integrated marketing plan that is, you know, all these different components of things fitting together, um, I would challenge you to think about the entire customer journey and focus on owning that customer journey from start to finish to say where are they going to come in when they come in what sort of message do they need to hear from me in order to uh, for me to be relevant to them assuming that they don't know me and then once i start demonstrating more credibility and authority to them what do they need to know now to get to that next step so um a long time ago i'd kind of coined the phrase uh, the three phase funnel which is this idea where you know you're taking somebody from cold to warm to hot. And at each stage of your marketing, um, whether they are in, you know, looking to buy or that they don't know you at all, or, you know, maybe they're sort of interested, being able to um, programmatically uh, develop a way to build trust over time and, and, and speak what they need to hear when they need to hear it. Uh, so, what does that look like in real life? It looks like on social media, posting pain problem, posting these issues that are uh, not necessarily always about the solution. So uh, if I am, if I'm a photographer, you can do this a couple ways. You know, you might not, I, I, I might be getting myself in trouble here because I don't know your guys' space like you do. So. <laughs> Um, you know, but you said a bunch of photographers listen to this. So, uh, mm-hmm. forgive my ignorance to, to your specific <laughs> situation. Space, space. Uh, Go for it, Tyler. So I'll do the best <laughs> I can, but, uh, you know, I, I think that you could do it a couple ways. You can sort of be talking about, um, you know, if you, I don't think it's always best to be like, Hey, let's talk about all the nuances of photography and how, um, you know, complicated it can be and how like all right you know you, you've got this like is it called like an l stop or something like that i don't know f stop like, f stop you know f stop and all this like fancy terminology that people don't get i think it it would probably not be as best to focus on that rather focus on like well what is going to cause somebody to understand why they need photography at all like and and what's different about what i can bring to the table versus somebody else like mm-hmm. do they think like focus on, like I said it before, false beliefs. Do they think that they can do this on their own with like a normal camera or do they need a DSLR? Do they think that all photographers are created equal, that just anyone can pick up a camera and, and shoot? Like what do they need to know that they don't already know before they call me, before they go online looking for a photographer? Um, let me focus on that area of mindset. That's the best place for social. It's it's right in that spot where someone says, like, help me. Uh, like, they need to, to be brought to a place where they care because mm-hmm. they're not going to care off the bat that you're a photographer. No one cares in, unless they already understand their pain and their problem, and mm-hmm. they need you to come in like a doctor and fix it. So. Yeah. That's the best place for social. And then in even in your emails and your landing pages, there are ways to be able to say like, all right, cool. This page needs to be devoted to somebody who is at that place where they're still trying to understand what they really need. And they're still trying to understand how to evaluate photographers and how to pick the right one. And, and how do I discern what really matters? And then let's just say you give a free giveaway, like a, a guide or a, a, a small short video. It's also important to focus on time. 
Now, your audience is different in that they are spending a lot of time with us right now, listening to this, right? We have this time and this platform to be able to share advice and our experiences and our stories. Um, And so that allows us to build more trust. But for the average person and photographer in an average sale, they might not be able to build that level of trust uh, off the bat. If you ask someone for an hour of their time, but they've never heard of you before, good luck. Right, getting them into like a webinar or whatever, it's going to be really tough. So typically good to focus on like getting people into bite-sized commitments, like get them into a freebie guide or a free video and then start to introduce like your offer and start to introduce this other stuff. Um, that's going to be a really powerful way if you can crack that code and that formula um, to, to master relevancy. And, and I mean, the easiest way to, to start is just start focusing on these pains, frustrations, false beliefs, and really help them understand the problems that they already have. That's so good. Well, and it's like thinking again back to who your ideal client is, what are they struggling with? Just like you said, the pain points. And I love, love, love what you said about relevancy as far as like someone who's never heard of you is not going to listen to an hour long webinar or even an hour long podcast. Um, and it's, it's nurturing them where they're at. And if you're trying to get people where they're at, even just starting with like small captions that are giving relevant advice and then working that up to a freebie that's like a super short downloadable PDF that you could read in a page and get something of value from. And when you do that and nurture them over time and like they're taking that bite-sized value, they're like every time you give them something small that gives them something in return, they're going to come back for more and they're going to give you more of their time, which so I love that you broke that down and like related that to relevancy because I think that's also important is we need to understand like where we are in the journey and where we are when someone interacts with us and like what they're feeling at that certain time and how to hit them where they're at. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It just is, it's a make it or break it thing. It's so critical to, to do. And again, start leading to the solution and not with the solution. Mm -hmm. If you just talk about your solution, like I'm a photographer, I'm a photographer, I'm a photographer. I take pictures. Like it's not, it's not strong enough medicine. Um, like you've got to hit people at a deeper level. Like just being an amazing artist Mm -hmm. is not usually enough. Like it is cool to, to have that, but someone has to be able to relate it to their own life and they have to relate it to their own situation. And they've got to be able to understand why should I give you my money instead of somebody else? Especially if you get to that point in business where you're not the one doing the work, someone else is, well, now it's really critical because you're not selling you, you're selling a process, you're Mm -hmm. selling a system. You're yeah. selling a way of doing things, and that requires a level of education. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Oh, that's <laughs> so good. Okay, I have one last, like, final question for you that's, like, a big a big one. So prepare yourself, Tyler. Okay. <laughs> I'm buckled um, up. I'm ready right. to the top. Like, what are some, okay, cool. What are some of the biggest key lessons you've learned in business? Which is, like, an overarching big, big one. Yeah. Tap into, tap into the story, tap into the the experiences here. Well, I, I'd say the biggest lessons, some of the business, I'm going to start here. One of the biggest lessons I've learned in my time in in this, playing this game is to play the long-term game. Do not play the short game. That's one of my favorite ones. Mm -hmm. Um, Frankly speaking, 
I think the way that we measure marketing ROI is completely broken. We have totally left, like I said, the fundamental principles of no like trust relationships. We're we're now into this world of like of KPIs, like what is my return on investment spend, my my you know return on ad spend, my ROAS, what's my like cost per click and my uh, you know cost per lead acquisition, and like all these different numbers and metrics and, and formulas, and and it's we live in this consumeristic society where. It's like, all right, I'm going to try something, and if I don't get a deal, if I don't, if I spend a hundred dollars and I don't get a hundred dollars back in one week, that's it. I, it. It didn't. Facebook ads don't work. LinkedIn doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> and that's this like this mindset of like um, we just have to leave. Mm-hmm. It, the 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 way we build today is so different from the past that you have to play the long game. And as long as you're not planning on retiring in six months, then or a year, why not play the larger chess game? Right? Don't worry about sacrificing a pawn for a pawn in chess. Like go for the king. And in order to do that, you've got to play this big picture and like swap out pieces and do stuff. And it's uh, it's one of the biggest w- reasons small businesses never grow is that they are too scared to invest in their business and they're too focused on um, on what I'll call visible ROI because there is this invisible return that you can do. And what is re- invisible return? Trust. How do you measure? the value of building trust with my network mm-hmm. is so hard to qu- to quantify because I have to like, if I'm doing social media, I mean, it's especially hard. Like how do I measure the value of social media content? The answer is if you pick up the phone and call somebody and they feel like they know you, that's your return. And the only way you get there to where it's like, Oh man. Yeah. Like I'm, amazed to be talking to you right now because I see you all over my newsfeed and uh, yeah, like I was just thinking I need you or, or I've been watching you for, for months now and, and I, finally, I finally needed your service. I knew I had to call you first. That's the return that we're going for when it comes to like building trust and building brand. Um, so play the long game. And I think another really key uh, lesson that I've learned and I'm still learning this all the time is break even to um not worry so much about um trying to make a profit when you're small to really try to acquire a customer um if you can acquire a customer for free meaning that it costs you the same amount to acquire a customer as it did to that, that you received like from the customer if you can break even that is a win. But I think a lot of people would think that it's a loss. Like, oh, I didn't make any money on that guy. But actually, acquiring a customer for free is a really important thing. Like knowing, especially again, I'm talking specifically to like small people. Like Amazon didn't turn a profit for years. Tesla, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're, we're working on it. Um, but <laughs> it's, you know, and I'm a huge Tesla junkie. I'm a huge fan of Elon. But the... <laughs> Uh, yeah, like if you can focus on breaking even and reinvesting your profits, reinvest, 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 that's going to be key. And, you know, live, live within your means and really modestly until you can, you know, get, 
get to these certain milestones. Mm -hmm. Um, I think another thought that comes to mind, and in fact, actually I'll, I'll leave a pause there. Is there anything you guys wanted to mention there with those two before I move on? Just claps. <laughs> I, agree. I think it's so smart just to like not go into debt. But then, I mean, that's what I did when I first started my photography business was I reinvested. Well, at the very beginning, I used all the money for bills because my husband was still in school. But after that, once we were, we lived off of just his salary and we used every single thing that I was getting from my money or sorry, that I was getting from my business. And I reinvested it to either get a better camera or to get a new website. And like, I slowly reinvested in my business. So I, I agree definitely with the second one. I mean, all of them, but I just <laughs> have to worry about that. Yes. Yeah. yeah, it's so true. And that reinvesting is, is really critical. And I think also... The, there's this mindset that I have to do something in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, but fact of the matter is you don't have to play by the traditional rules of business. Okay. Like I literally worked at a place where my entire Friday was devoted to reporting and it was all just like, you know, crunching these numbers and having to show like where each dime has returned to yield or not. And, and, and that sort of structure is great for, for certain stages of business. But when you're first starting or even in like midsize, that is a killer to, mm -hmm. to the way you do things. Like that is not where you need to begin. In fact, I'll even go as far as to say that um, it'll hurt your business. Momentum is the number one most critical component of a, of a young business momentum 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 always be moving always be you know doing something like like making action so you get reaction because if you're stagnant and you're and you're paralyzed you have this analysis paralysis and and trying to be a perfectionist like oh but what if my you know social media posts are like lame or what if i don't like the image or what if i don't you know like too many questions not enough action Sometimes mm -hmm. you just got to put something out there, even if it sucks and then learn from it and don't be, uh, I think part of this, this not playing by the traditional rules is to focus on impact. Like I've worked with some companies where it's like, yeah, we just go out. We don't even count this stuff. We just, we, our whole mission is to get, do as much giving as we possibly can and make as much impact. And we know that that comes back around to help us in the end. Mm. That's their whole philosophy of business. It's like incredible. Even with their ads, they're like, yep, they're just trying to make impact. Mm. Um, so I think that's a, a, a unique way to think. Um, and I think also that it, it ties into this other principle that failure is not a bad thing. Yes. Like uh, let's just take a look at an artificial intelligence. If anyone knows anything about artificial intelligence, um, it's this. It's that a machine goes and then does something and then does it wrong. And so then it tries a different way and, does, and it fails. And then it fails. And then it fails. And it fails. And it just keeps failing until it finally finds the right way to do something. And then it learns. That's how artificial intelligence works. And that's why uh, you, know, you, you train artificial intelligence the same way you train people. And that's by, you know, doing something wrong. And then by doing it wrong, you realize that didn't work. So I found the right way. I found a hundred thousand ways to not create a light bulb. Um, and so fail, 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 fail until you finally find a way to do that thing right. And 
take every failure as a as a, a, a feedback. It's all a feedback loop. Yeah. Failure is nothing but feedback. I tried it this way and it didn't work. Own up to it. Don't get your pride involved. Don't get your ego involved. Yeah. Don't base your identity on your business, on your success, on how much money you're bringing into the table or how what kind of car you're driving. Like measure your success by by whatever standard really matters to you. Uh, like I said, it can be based on impact. It can be, um, but it, I mean, I guess it can be based on money, but I don't advise that because yeah. money comes and goes. <laughs> Same. <You know? laughs> Do it, not advise just, that. No, it's just, it's just not good. It, mm-hmm. It's so counterintuitive though. Like that's what we think yeah. business is all about. But honestly, I, I, I have to bring in another Jesus quote here, right? It's like, if you seek to gain your life, Sometimes you lose it, but if you mm-hmm. lose your life for my sake, that's where you'll find it. It's what he said. And so it's like, man, it's so counterintuitive. I have to like lose my life mm-hmm. to find my life. And that's, you know, in, in business, it's kind of the same thing. Like you have to humble yourself and become the servant of others and, and give, even when you don't know where your next meal is coming from sometimes and give and give until you finally start to find ways to uh, yield fruit in its due season. Wow. Preaching the gospel over here, Tyler. (laughs) Good grief. Oh, so good. (laughs) Amen to everything that you just said. That is pure gold. Freaking fire. No pun intended. Actually, was intended. (laughs) 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 Oh, man. Tyler, for people who are as obsessed with you as we are now, after hearing you just spit education for the past hour, where can everyone find you, get connected with you, learn from you, work with you, anything? Just all the goods. Um, love it. Well, um, you know, one of the one of the best ways is find me on LinkedIn. You'll you'll see just search Tyler Kemp and uh right now it says I help with content. Um and uh that's one of the best ways to actually get connected with me personally. I run, like I mentioned, rollsocial.co. It's a done for you social media management company. And it literally for less than $500 a month, we'll write all of our clients content. Um, sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's not, but we have a really great feedback process, right? Again, this, this way where we, put everything into a portal. And, um, if someone wants something changed or they would have said it a different way, we learn from this over time to build really great longstanding relationships with our uh, clients. Um, we get on a call with them, all kinds of cool things, custom strategies. So check that out. Um, there's a free training, um, the fire formula as well. If you've been intrigued by this, you want to go a little bit deeper. Um, it's, uh, 30 minutes of as much value as I can possibly cram into that time uh, with a small pitch at the end, only for those who want to work with us. But um, you should see a link to that in the show notes of this podcast. Um, And uh, so strongly recommend you check that out if you're wanting to learn more. Uh, And of course, at leadroll.co as well, L-E-A-D-R-O-L-L.co. That's one of the best ways that people can actually uh, probably start to build real sales and, and outsource some sales work and build their network. So people are actually seeing your content with targeted prospects. I would love to, um, uh, help some, some people listening to this, especially, I mean, gosh, photographers, small business, 
it's it's an awesome way to to start outsourcing some of your your outreach and start building your list on LinkedIn, building your network with targeted people. It's really powerful. So uh, that's how you can find me. Link to that in the show notes as well. Um, and and I'd say uh, if you if you want to download a free guide on optimizing your profile for sales, that is also available uh, there. Oh my awesome. gosh. <laughs> Tyler, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show. We have been just honored to talk to you. It's been a blast. And I hope everyone just goes and just soaks in all of the, your goodness that you just gave them on the episode. <laughs> yes. Man. Yeah. I'm so thankful to be here. So thankful for the opportunity to, to, to help the folks listening today. And, and uh, man, parting words here, just go for it you know, put your heart into it. Don't be afraid to fail. Really. The only reason I even know how this stuff works is because I messed up so much that I learned what didn't work, like I said, from the very beginning. And so it's, uh, it's an iterative process. And um, yeah, cannot stress enough to build those systems that we talked about lead generation machines, don't be the one generating all your leads relying on that, you know, uh, like how much energy you have in a day, like don't, try to do this all yourself. People like, um, Evie and Lindsay are here to, to show you a better path. And I, you know, trust, trust what they say and, and take action because the sooner you invest in yourself and in your business, um, the sooner you'll be able to, to reap the rewards from doing that. So that's what I, oh, that's it for me. <laughs> claps, claps at the end. And <laughs> Tyler, that was so good. Thank you so much for being on the show and just giving so much information for free and giving us so much of your time. We so appreciate it. You're welcome. <laughs>